0: Open up that Crystal Pepsi and get comfortable. This is Dope Nostalgia.
1: Time for another episode of Dope Nostalgia. I'm your host, Naomi. We are welcoming DJ Law to the show today. DJ Law was one of the people who was involved with a group out of Ottawa a hip-hop rap group called Organized Rhyme. And one of the most significant things about Organized Rhyme was not only their video that they had on uh, Much Music, and it won Best Rap Video. I'll tell you more about that. But one of the members who went on to become a huge comedian success, Mr. Tom Green. He is one of the original members of Organized Rhyme. And we have DJ Law here once again, who will be talking to us all about those crazy days in Ottawa and uh, some of the fun times they had with the rap group okay so check it out and uh here's a little more information on organized rhyme Wikipedia yeah this is it guys jane and finch the dream war should be out here somewhere
2: yeah great but now we got to get in and find them so far check the or you like it so far check the or you like it so far check the or you love the or uh here, here we go ready to, to set, it set it off from coast to coast it's the most and it hits rough organized rhymes here to start it up you got some trouble with your mouth you better shut it up think twice before you act and try to tackle the funky stuff i think your stuff is out like meat on a shish kebab and you don't know it but your girl's doing kiss and rob and you're the one who wants the core, but you miss the cop so here's a bit of something new a too salute and I'll give you my boots where you need it while I'm playing the thespian I gotta ride and you're just a pedestrian I grab a horse and I jump like equestrian I talk smooth like Lando Calrissian Ugh. Deal with the leader of the convoy Make some noise for the boys as we rip loins Move your joints in a motion if you can keep up If you can't, here's a hanky to clean your weep up. Poetics are dropped and no type of coincidence Check the OR Check the OR, you like it so far? Check the OR, you like it so far? Check the Check the O.R., you love the O.R. Check the O.R. You like it so far, check the O.R. You like it so far, check the O.R. You like it so far, check the O.R. You, like so the OR. you love the O.R. Check the O.R. It's so far, smack your back, and you deal with a deep scar. I will test you from the west of you. Now you know that I'm better than the best of you. i remove you quicker than a band-aid. Payback stage, and I'm gone like a renegade. And I don't delay, want the replay like Sinatra. Got you my way. I feel lonely, so I'll lay low. Never lonely, now that I clock dough. Flipping women over like a pancake. And I will make mistakes in a heartbreak. Receive honors, make you goners. Break the deuce like Jimmy Connors. I'm not a phony preaching test Testimony. Send you down to the bank for the alimony I make light of everyday establishment With content sticking like poly Dent But I pay my dues I lay more chicks than Mother Goose Pass the OJ cause I got juice Break the silence and make the truth So yes, yes, y'all And you don't stop or To the beat, y'all And you don't dare stop until the hip-hop hip it, hip it, hip hip hop And you don't dare go off Go off like a cannon You're a copier Much sloppier So I'm gonna drop ya You got a demo wall, I guess I'm gonna <laughs> shop ya Take a risk like a disc, you're floppier Uplifted, cause I'm gifted Tough like algebra, but I'm twisted You misfit, meet the better man Gonna razz you just like Letterman Hip-hop, not a weasel going pop You don't stop, check the OR Check the OR, you like it so far Check the O-R,
1: Organized yeah. Rhyme was a Canadian hip-hop group based in Ottawa, Ontario the group became one of the first Canadian rap acts to sign with a record deal with a major label. And the video for their debut single, Check the OR, won the Much Music Video Award for Best Rap Video in 1992. Comedian Tom Green was one of the group's founding members, a.k.a. MC Bones. The group was founded in 1990 with Tom, Greg Campbell, a.k.a. MC Pin, or Pin the Chameleon, and Jordy Ferguson, DJ Signal. The group signed with a and Records, like we said. Back in 1991, the group debuted their first album, and it was called "Huh, Stiffenin It Against the Wall," and it came out in 1992. "Check the O.R." in 93 was also nominated for a Juno Award in the category of Best Rap Recording, but the song lost to "Keepin' Slammin'" by Devin. The group toured with such artists as the Bare Naked Ladies, Dream Warriors, and Maestro Fresh Wes. You'll even see a cameo appearance by the Dream Warriors in the video for "Check the O.R." So then. Organized Rhyme disbanded shortly after the release of the first album. Tom Green's 2005 rap album Prepare for Impact included a bonus DVD that contained both a live solo performance of Check the OR as well as a recording of the original music video. Organized Rhyme reunited and recorded a brand new video for Check the OR for the 2011 Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal, Quebec. Our friend DJ Law joins us today to tell about those times back in the day in Ottawa with Organized Rhyme. Welcome DJ Law. Sweet. All right. Welcome to Dope Nostalgia. So we're a podcast about stuff that happened in the 90s and we're really interested in what's going on in your career now as well. Um, So your Twitter bio says that at one point uh, you had a liver transplant. What's the story?
3: Uh, Well, basically my liver failed when I was uh, 18, Mm -hmm. but I was still still able to live with it. Uh, And then when I was 35, it completely failed. I had to get a transplant, so.
1: Yeah. How are you doing now? Oh, I'm good now. Yeah? Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Because
3: I'm in Canada, right?
1: You got that healthcare. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's a blessing. I'm based out of Edmonton, so I'm wrapping today, so. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So were you with Organized Rhyme from the inception? How did you guys all get together and- Start making. I was
3: well. I was a Mm co-creator. So the three of us came up with the idea. But uh, before that, I was in a rap group called Northern MCs. Yes. And uh, we weren't going anywhere, so we kind of broke up. And one of my one of the MCs introduced me to uh, to Tom. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
3: from there, it was just the rest was history. So.
1: And when you say like when you're a co-creator, that was doing all the writing together, the production.
3: No, no. Uh, none of that type of stuff. I mean, I yeah. just, I, I co-created the group. That was it.
1: Okay, great. Um, yeah. how, how, so you guys met and became friends and went from there. Are you still in yeah. touch? Are you still in touch with everyone and still? Uh...
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tom, I'm in touch with Tom and I are, you know, we we talk fairly often, mm-hmm. although he's on the road right now doing a Van a life show. I don't know if you've seen that, but
1: well, I saw him recently on the Drew Barrymore show, and he was talking about going on the road with his dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So he's in he's in Utah right now, I think.
1: Okay, sweet.
3: And, and then Greg, uh, Greg and I talk once in a while. We live in the same same state city still, so.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I mean, I've never been to Ottawa. I've only been as far east as Toronto. But what's uh, that's where you were born and raised. Yeah. Oh now, yeah. Do you speak French? We don't do much of that in no. Western Canada.
3: <laughs> no, I should be in Western Canada. I don't say I speak I don't <laughs> speak any French.
1: What, if you were bringing somebody from out here out west out to Ottawa, where would you take them? where are the best sites to go check out and best food and
3: Oh, the best food. I mean, uh, we have some of the best microbreweries in in all of Canada. so um, I would take them to uh, we go on a brewery tour. Yeah. And then I have some, I have some favorite restaurant spots in Ottawa. I like to, I like to hit up.
1: Oh, nice.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. One day I'll go out East. I got to see Quebec and the Maritimes and.
3: Oh yeah, no, definitely. Sorry.
1: You know, it's funny. It's like, we have such a huge country yet. It's more expensive for me to go see the East coast of this country than it would be to fly to Europe.
3: Oh yeah. No, it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. You
3: know, when I had my transplant, to fly to London, Ontario from Ottawa was
1: $1,500. Wow.
3: <laughs> like that's four trips to Cuba.
1: <laughs> right? When you think
3: about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Four all-inclusive trips to Cuba.
1: Do you have to um, usually fly via Toronto wherever you go? Like-
3: um, well, I, I, fly, I fly out of Montreal. Oh, okay. Because it's, it's quicker, right? Montreal is an hour and a half from from Ottawa. So,
1: oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: And Edmonton- I've been out to Edmonton.
3: <laughs> I've been to Edmonton a few times. I like Edmonton.
1: Yeah, I'm born and raised here, so it's like in my blood this place. But we we generally, if we travel anywhere, we usually have to stop in Calgary. Okay. Yeah, or or Vancouver, just depends. Yeah.
3: Which is weird because your airport. Isn't there a TV show about your airport?
1: I think that the what's the name of that show? Border something below
3: below zero or
1: something. Dave <laughs> definitely filmed there. Yeah. Okay. I've heard about that.
3: <laughs> now, you can shoot in the mall. I like that you can shoot go shooting in the mall there. Yeah. Which is kind of it's kind of weird gun- when you think about it. You know.
1: There is a gun range here at West Ed. Um, we used to have the uh, the actual retired submarines in the mall.
3: Yeah, I remember that.
1: But. Those were retired even from there, and then they well now they have sea lions. They used to have dolphins. So okay, I'm glad. I I'm just kind of hoping they discontinue that altogether. But <laughs> yeah. But anyways, our um. So, but when you guys were doing the group, there was a, you guys won an MMVA in '92 and a Juno nomination for organized rhyme during the. Now, did you go to the shows to the actual awards? I wasn't
3: part of. I, I wasn't part of the group then. yeah. we had a, we had a small falling out and uh, we, went our, we went our way so mm. but um, yeah, I wasn't part of that. I mean then we, we did a, we just did a reunion show in 2011 for just for laughs.
1: Oh right, I read about that.
3: Yeah. How
1: was that it's experience? on YouTube? Oh, it was fun. Yeah. Um, no, it was fun. Did you ever have a chance to do any of the stuff with like going to much music and all of that kind of thing?
3: Um, I well, in the beginning, I went record shopping. Mm-hmm. And I remember we I mean, we used to drop off our we had a we had a video that Tom Tom released the video that we made in New York City, I think it was 89. Mm-hmm. He he we found a copy of that. He that was up on on the internet recently. And then um I, I was there for the record deals, record shopping, and I was. And then after that, we just went. I went. I went my my way, our separate way. Like they stayed together, and I went. I went my way. So.
1: So after Northern MCs, then organized Rhyme, What did you do then?
3: Um, I was in another rap group called uh, Basic Four, mm-hmm. which is it's kind of funny now when you think about the name, but uh, that I still talk to uh, one of the MCs from that group. He lives in Vancouver, so wayne shadow yeah and he was he was pretty he was good too i mean it's been fun it's i mean i put you know, i look back i mean i started listening to hip-hop in 79 80 mm-hmm. and when you I, I mean i never thought i would be part of the you know the family for this long but
1: mm-hmm. it's been
3: an interesting ride
1: i'm sure i've you've been had a dj
3: some- Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Us. Um, I'm sure you had I mean, some really cool experiences and stories. Oh yeah. As well.
3: I mean, a ton. There's, there's. We've had so much fun doing this. It's been unreal. But I've also, like, I've been a, I've been a, a club DJ for the past. Uh, God, I don't even want to say. I'm 50 mm-hmm. now. So about, you know, 20, 25 years.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And it's been an interesting time.
1: I mean obviously right now there's not really anything happening when it comes to DJing oh, and such no. but but let's say like a year ago were you still doing it? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I was doing I was doing um an 80s 90s uh the last Friday of every month the uh, Museum of Nature here in Ottawa turns into a bar. Oh wow. That yeah. So and cool. I would, I, had, I had my own room. I had my own room and we I just played 80s and 90s, a little bit of early 2000s and that was it. So
1: that's the best I would love to find a club that just played like <laughs> that wheelhouse of music like that two decades yeah. that's about it because I really I, I don't know I'm, I feel kind of disconnected from the music now and I think it's a combination of age and a combination of the fact that I don't feel like it's uh, music the new music doesn't really interest me that much music's horrible it's horrible it's yeah Ugh, it's no crap. melody it's boring I don't no. know <laughs>
3: You know, um, I mean, you think when you go back to 80s and the, I DJed at a club that was 80s and 90s every Sunday night, it was called Barry Morris mm-hmm. and it, it used to be packed, but then our, the age group that liked that music stopped going. So the bar slowly, you know, when it shut down, but mm-hmm. there's no, there's the music doesn't last anymore like it did back then.
1: I can't think of many songs nowadays that come out that would have that longevity, where you're no. still going to be listening to it twenty years down the road, even longer. No, no, and
3: twenty years from now, you're not going to hear. I mean, they're not going to flash back to this music.
1: No, I doubt it. There's certain ones that stand out, but not very many.
3: Yeah. No. A song typically lasts about, um, you know, three weeks is the length of a of a hit song right now, mm-hmm. in a bar.
1: Ouch! Which is brutal.
3: <laughs> they've you know? even
1: they've even said that the last great like group that would be considered legendary was Nirvana. And that's how long ago that was. Yeah. So that was the
3: early nineties, right?
1: Yeah. So basically nothing's really come out that somebody is going to be legendary for as long as Nirvana or anybody before them. That's wild to think. Yeah. It's kind of, I feel like the music's kind of become disposable. Oh Yeah. (laughs)
3: <laughs> it is i mean you're you're actually right it is disposable i mean they can everybody can make their music at home now and there's just no there's just nothing to it
1: mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm.
3: i was watching acdc on youtube last night and like that that watching them play in arena still is it's shocking like i was watching them i think they were playing in rio
1: mm-hmm.
3: and the crowd was just going crazy you don't see that anymore
1: they have some kind of a magic that gets people all excited and whipped up that band. I don't know. I'm not oh, yeah. it's funny because I'm not a fan of their music. And one okay. thing that's always got me, but I respect them. I respect them as artists and everything. Yeah. But one thing that's always gotten me was how people trash nickelback so hard for doing the same thing that ACDC does and they get praised for oh, it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't get it. No.
3: It's not. Uh, yeah, it's unreal. I mean <laughs> I hate to admit, but I do. There is some good Nickelback songs. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. but if you play them, you get shamed.
1: (laughs) But then if you go to the concert, you see all these people that you know that pretend that they don't like. (laughs) It's kind of funny. And this is coming from, from like their home province. And that's, that's how it is. But yeah. Yeah. No shame. I love them. They're great. No, They're
3: they're a good group. I mean, I always getting, I always getting crap for saying this, but I mean, really, they were the Rush of, of the years that they were there. You know, Rush hurt. Hey, Rush got to a certain level, a certain plateau. And oh my God, I'll get killed. I'm gonna, I'll get murdered for saying that. But Nickelback reached that same plateau, you know, that Rush did. So
1: I think Rush is more, I mean, all kinds of people love Rush, but I think Rush is more tailored to, they're like a musicians rock band, like the mathematical yeah. rock band. You know like uh the guys who want to be super technical about the craft and super technical about instruments love rush yeah
3: but i mean they were nickelback was loved around the world at one time but Mm -hmm. i don't know where i don't know where the the bashing came from but it's too bad they're a good canadian group
1: i feel like it's more of a north american phenomenon to bash nickelback more so than i don't think i think they do great everywhere else they don't I don't think they experience the same hate, but oh yeah, we'd have to actually ask the band, but <laughs> yeah you should uh, ask them they, yeah, maybe one day, <laughs> maybe they're sitting around at home needing to do interviews, who knows did you i mean um... you look
3: at you look at Brian adams, Brian Adams the same right now, like if you you look at his instagram, his social media when he's on tour mm-hmm. in other parts of the world, they're the there's humongous stadiums and then he comes here and he fills a club
1: (laughs) yeah well i've seen i've seen brian adams at pretty much every venue in edmonton (laughs) oh really you name it he's probably played it in this city yeah over the course of his career so yeah
3: i've never i never i never never seen him sadly
1: it's a good show it's a good show yeah absolutely i mean it's very basic too like he doesn't he's not flashy you're lucky if you get a video screen like he pretty much has okay. a video screen and some light cool lights but nothing too crazy and i like it it's good and he's, and
3: he's making more money
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm sure he's doing great for that um did you ever used to be on the tom green show
3: i dj'd on it
1: okay sweet yeah. Now, what was the deal with Phil Giroux sitting behind the window, laughing, drinking his coffee? What, what? What? I I laughed at that. That itself was a hilarious sight gag. I thought. Yeah. That he was just randomly there.
3: <laughs> oh, he's there for moral support, right? Okay. So and the laugh. You know, you need the that laugh.
1: So he's like an old friend in, of the group kind of thing, and he's just, oh yeah, he Phil. There?
3: Phil was part of Phil was part of organized rhyme. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I wasn't aware of that.
3: Yeah, there was in the beginning. There was Phil, Tom, and uh, Greg, and myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And then uh, Phil would, uh, Phil would, Phil and Tom would get in. I think we did the one show one time where they we dressed Phil in Tom's, uh, I think Tom's mother's snowmobile snow suit. <laughs> and it was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. It, it's hard. It was hard to DJ back then because everything was so funny. <laughs> you know you're trying to be serious but then it you just you know, have to you laugh
1: I think some of the best gags on the show had to do with Tom's parents yeah now how did they really feel about everything were they all enjoying it the whole time or were they really actually annoyed with Tom or what uh
3: I mean I, I don't know 100 percent, but okay. I think I, from what I could tell they were annoyed
1: <laughs> oh that makes it better but I mean <laughs>
3: They did well in the end, right? They, yeah. Oprah, Oprah paid for them to go on trips and stuff. So,
1: oh, that's wonderful. Whatever happened to Glenn Humplick?
3: Oh, I don't know. <laughs>
1: uh, he, he's like the Andy Richter almost, you know, like yeah, that guy. Yeah, we'll I, find him. We'll have to find uh, him. For the
3: show. I mean, I know where he is, but we just, I mean, I don't, we don't talk. Ah, uh, okay. We're friends, but we don't, I don't talk, I don't talk to him on a regular basis. So
1: that's fair. We, we, I see on social
3: media, Tom and Tom and Glenn are chatting again, which is a good thing, which is something, you know, hasn't been done in years.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, you had touched on earlier doing the re-release of check the O R in 2011 for just for laughs and you were a part of that. So how did that all come together and to to Uh, remake?
3: Well just for last have an, has an amp section and they asked Tom to uh to be in that part of it so and it's all it was all like um it was hosted by what's his name? Weird Al Yankovic? Oh nice. Um that guy that uh what's that? um James Corden? Yeah. His his um that, I, his um the music guy from his show, I forget his name. He was there performing too. And he I mean he was very funny, very good so Hmm. you can, I mean, it's all, it's all up on, it's up on YouTube now. I mean, you can watch the whole show there. So.
1: All right, cool. I'll share it with the, uh, with the listeners. Yeah. I'll play, I'll put a link up for it. Now, Tom's also quoted as saying, and I think it might even be part of that. Cause I watched some of those YouTube videos from the reunion there that he created as I rhyme. He created the first planking video that ever existed. Yeah. Oh yeah.
3: No. It's definitely, well, it's, he what he was the first creator of that, so.
1: Right when the phenomenon hit and everybody was planking everywhere?
3: Yeah. Huh. He was doing that back, he was doing back, that back in, like, 89, so.
1: Well, there you go. That's, like, way earlier than I thought it yeah. started. <laughs>
3: oh, yeah. No, no, yeah, he was way, he was doing that a long time ago.
1: Who have you got to meet in this music business that's taught you the most, or... Given you the most excitement,
3: I've through Tom. I've been able to meet all my you know my favorite uh, rap artists. So mm-hmm. there's nothing. I mean, I w- I'm not really. I don't do really do the music scene anymore. I make I make music, but I never release it. Mm. You know, I make beats and stuff like that. Um, I DJ, and that's about it. I am working on a new project though. From it's, uh, it's with a soldier from Edmonton.
1: Oh, wow. Cool.
3: Yeah. I don't know if I can talk too much about it, but I'll no, send okay. you when I, when I can, I'll send you the information.
1: So that sounds good.
3: Yeah. It'll be, it'll be an interesting thing.
1: How is it? How's the experience been working remotely with somebody? Cause is that how you you guys have been doing it since is he, this person in Edmonton or are they in Ottawa? No, no. He
3: they live in Pembroke. So. Oh, okay. And it's not music. It's, it'll be like, it's a movie.
1: Oh, sweet
3: yeah
1: okay fantastic so, sounds exciting <laughs> yeah how do you feel about the music business then like the business part of music as compared to how it was back in the late 80s early 90s you
3: know I never had to really deal with the music I never really dealt with that aspect mm-hmm. you know I was just I was a DJ and that was it mm-hmm. I never uh I mean I never signed with any record company I I, I mean I was part of organized rhyme, but I wasn't there for that part of it in the night in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. So business-wise, I mean I I I never really got into it. It's hell. I know I I I know I hear from other people, you know, Canadian music industry is hell. Mm. It's not like the states where they give you tons of money. Yeah. You know, That's it's a loan true. and you have to pay it back.
1: That's true. I've actually talked to both Canadians and Americans who've said the same thing where it seemed like there was tons of money flying around and in the end they were the ones paying for it but they didn't even really even though it's in the contract they didn't really realize that yeah you're paying for all of this. Oh yeah I yeah.
3: mean you know uh, and I can only go through what you know Tom Tom and I discussed when Organized Rhyme got signed by the record company. I mean they were they were. They were lent money to make the mu- make the music, make the video, but then you got to pay back. You know, you got to pay back your manager, you got to pay back the union. Mm. So, I mean, in the end, you hardly make any money unless you do tons of shows. So,
1: yeah, and uh, the cuts that they would take from the actual recordings were pretty wild. Like, I think an artist would make a quarter of a CD sale, something like oh, yeah. that. Yeah, something and even like then, that.
3: if you're if you're getting paid a quarter, you're making a lot of money.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, the music itself is almost just like um, promotional material really more so yeah. than anything you're only going to make money off touring
3: yeah no exactly
1: I don't think that's changed no. <laughs> I think it's still the same way which is putting no. people in a pinch right now
3: yeah I mean Tom. I went on tour with Tom what year was that that was uh, 2006
1: mm-hmm.
3: we did the Keeping It Real crew uh, tour for his album Prepare for Impact.
1: Ah, oh, nice.
3: Yeah. We, we we were in Edmonton. We played at uh, something, the Knights or Kings. Kings,
1: Kings Night something.
3: Pub. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: It was that an was interesting a, time. that was a pretty sweet venue, actually, back in the day. Yeah. It's been reinvented a few times since then, but yeah. 75
3: Cent Drake Nights.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It was a popular place. Yeah, what are some good memories from that tour that you had? Oh, I mean,
3: it was it was a great time. We got, to, I mean, we we had uh, there was Sean MC uh, Sean Wright was on that. Uh, Jeremy Klein was on that, a professional skateboarder. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Chiba was on that. Mike Simpson from the Dust Brothers was on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know Mike Simpson, he's the one you know. Brothers created the dust brothers uh created um what was it paul's boutique they did that's... the music for paul's boutique beastie boys um uh, they did the music for young mc tone loke so
1: that's some big credits absolutely oh, yeah.
3: and i mean looking back and there you know you never think you're going to meet those type those people back then
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know when, when, young, when young mc came out with buster uh Bust Never in my life would I think, oh, I met the guy that, I would meet the guy that created the beat for it, you know? So it's been an interesting time.
1: No kidding. Yeah, that sounds like it would be uh, exciting to work with people like that. Um, did you get involved yourself in the using the internet in its very early stages in the 90s? How long was it before you caught on to using the internet?
3: Probably, uh, probably like 96 is when I got into it. When I was DJing, mm-hmm. I would create like uh, I had my own web page, and we would take pictures of the of the bar, like the people in the bar that night, and then we'd mm-hmm. post them up. So then people would go back and check out their pictures.
1: That, that's pretty just, cool.
3: I mean, that was uh, pre Facebook, uh, pre you know. There was, it was there was a lot of websites that didn't have. There wasn't any social media back then at that yeah. point. You know, my buddy, uh, one of my buddies created a, a, a website called Bar Shots. It was mainly here just in Ottawa. He would go around, take pictures of people in the bars and, you know, a lot of drunk people, but.
1: But then later they could go find their drunken self on his website? Exactly. It's a smart idea.
3: Yeah. He's still doing it. I think it's on Facebook now. It's called Bar Shots on Facebook. So
1: nice. We definitely have nightclubs here in Edmonton that offer the same kind of thing where it's like oh check out our website see your picture from this weekend and da 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 okay so it's a similar idea I guess but usually it's the actual bar itself that hires a photographer and okay from there
3: Mm -hmm. I actually I do have a buddy that lives in Edmonton his DJ names uh El Zorro oh yeah yeah
1: I'll have to look him up (laughs) thank you
3: he's an 80s 90s DJ so yeah
1: See, and that's precisely the stuff that makes me happy when I go out and they're playing it. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I'm also 41 now, so I'm not really a club. I don't hit, I'm more of a pub person. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. And a karaoke host too. So back yeah. in the day when- oh, it nice. was, Back in the day when it was uh, safe to sing karaoke in a bar. It, oh, it was great. It's good money to host karaoke, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm missing that a lot right now but it'll come back one day. I'll be there.
3: God, I hope so. I can't take too much more of this. (laughs) This being this lockup.
1: My patience is wearing thin. Let me tell you, I've had a couple, usually I'm pretty good at being like chill and just hanging out, being a homebody. It's been kind of fun. I've been creative. Has it given you a chance to be creative too?
3: I was in the beginning and now I'm just lazy. (laughs) I mean, you know, for the first couple of weeks, it, a bunch of djs and i we'd all get together and we'd play online but Mm -hmm. nobody wants to do it anymore it's just not it's not fun you don't get that same vibe
1: yeah you know yeah i think we're some of the things that we've been doing to get through quarantine are starting to become boring as we're getting into winter now and we're just like oh come on like i just want to go back to normal (laughs) oh yeah after these messages we'll be right back What Friends, I have a new voicemail number just for you. Give us a call at Dope Nostalgia. Our number is 780-851-8785. Leave us a message. Pick up the phone, just like you used to in the old days. Remember, before text messaging? Yeah, we used to actually call each other. If you just want to be heard and be on the podcast, give us a call. Once again, our Dope Nostalgia hotline, 780-851-8785. Is Canadian, so long distance charges may apply.
2: Tonight, from wherever in the world you are listening, give a big hand for your host, eight
0: Hello, I'm Ainsley Becky May from Price Tag Pod, and I'm so excited to be a part of the Dope Nostalgia Podcast price tag pod is a new cheesy game show podcast due to release on april 2nd price tag pod attempts to put a price tag on your dignity and to do this the show breaks down into three easy parts first we ask our guests 11 uniquely ridiculous questions 376 pounds uh you have edible glitter and all of your drinks for life (laughs) oh who would agree to that no never $500, Tim.
1: Uh, $500.
0: For the whole of next year, you have to have a mullet and a mustache. Ooh. $100. Would you drink from your best friend's toilet bowl? Oh. Next, we negotiate a price. £110. I think it's definitely worth more. How much you got, pal? Give me one. Give me a number. Let's do two hours of your pay then, let's do $22. 2201. I'll take 2201. Alright, we'll do 2201. You just want a weird number, right? Then at the end of the show, we calculate the total. $370,784.95 You were worth $395,717. Nice!
1: That's like almost a two-bedroom condo where I live.
0: And that's it. We have fun, the guests have fun, and we see how cheap or expensive people's self-worth really is. To follow the show, just type price tag pod into your friendly neighborhood Google engine and we'll show up somewhere. Have a great week and we'll see you on the show.
2: Hey, give that back. Mouse trouble? Then you need mouse trap. Mouse trap, I guarantee it's the craziest trap you'll ever see. The is the winner? Just turn the crank and snap the blank and boot the mob all right down the chute. Now watch it roll and hit the pole and knock the ball in the rubber-up top, which hits the man into the hand. The trap is set. Here comes the man! Ouch! Mouse trap! I guarantee it's the craziest trap you'll ever see. I knew you were a winner! Mouse trap from Milton Bradley. This is for all the girls out there who I've spent time with for the past. got no paper cuts on the tip of my fingers and if I had some paper cuts I guess the pain would linger sit down on the bench and say man got hit so damn hard check the face guard tighten up my skates and I say wait twist my fate to debate with a teammate and you don't have to be a sports fan Grip on a stick like a veteran, like Gila Fleur, 99, Bobby Hull, Rocket Richard, Cicerelli went too far and got barred, when my blades hit the ice I'm reciting, inviting the fighting while I'm a-gripping my titan, and deacon and freaking and sneaking through the blue line, playing a role, pay a toll across the goal line, cause I'm a-leaving you in the aftermath like a path on a raft with a paragraph, and I just laugh, keeping it inside. I take it for a ride when I slide on the side. I set trial, see it in court, defending my right to recite on a winter sport. In Sarajevo, Gaeta shape. a man skating better than Yan cooking plate. So I buckle my helmet.
1: I do tech support for D in the U.S. Okay. So I'm the one they call when their modem's not working and I have to tell them to unplug it and plug it back in. I and did then, that for 11 years. A, and then I send a tech. Man, oh, people yeah. get upset. Jeez. Oh yeah.
3: Ooh. I did that for 11 years for Compaq and HP and Dell.
1: Did you really? Yeah. That's awesome.
3: Because of Glenn and Phil, right? They were both they're both computer guys, so Okay. Yeah, when I started like after uh after we, wait, wait, I mean, after organize, I left to organize rhyme. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it was so stupid. I mean, I, I don't, yeah. I, I didn't talk to Phil. I didn't talk to Tom, and it was kind of, it was kind of weird. Like, and then we just met up again because a, uh, a person on my street was working on his TV show, was doing the makeup, mm. and uh, that's how I connected with them again. And it, it was just it, you know, it's like everything. No time had passed. We still everything was still the same. And then uh, uh Phil was in computers, Glenn's in the computers, and they said, you know, they were saying go into the computer field. Mm-hmm. Cause I was still TJing then. I was I was a party animal. Mm-hmm. And I was like I was like 28. So I had it was time to settle down. So I took a computer course and then I got a job in computers and the rest was history. So
1: And there you go. Yeah. Now it's still the thing to do. And I mean computers has really grown to where everybody has one now and it's not just that it was like in the 80s or 90s where it was like it was just for nerds i was a total nerd man i was a huge nerd like in the mid 90s we got our first home computer and i was big into what was called bbs's okay so yeah i know it yeah it was basically you're calling up one person's computer Computer, and playing games and doing messages and stuff on it and you're just calling it the... you would type
3: out you would type out i'm walking and it would oh yeah i remember that
1: told yeah totally and i just loved it i had one of my own and of course i didn't set it up myself somebody who's actually knowledgeable set it up for me but i just yeah. loved running it it was it was a blast for me oh, and that's when fun. i knew i'd be big into computers for the rest of my life
3: <laughs> yeah oh yeah i mean i look around i've got uh, i've got eight computers around me right now it's like it's, it's stupid
1: always <laughs> oh, building another one no
3: that's just not that i just i have lap too many laptops i have my like all my dj equipment behind me i've got you know I, have, I carry two laptops when i dj and then i just ended up with so many laptops i gotta get rid of them but
1: yeah yeah
3: it's too much it's a big part of our world right now right so
1: mm-hmm. yeah i'm still partial to the desktop I don't know yeah. if I'll ever if I'll ever like laptop obviously yeah. for DJing is perfect. I use it for yeah. doing karaoke shows makes sense, but yeah. I'll always I think I'll always have a desktop computer as long as they're being made.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I have one. That's I have one. It's easier to work on.
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel more comfortable with the like the physical now. Add
3: parts, change parts.
1: <laughs> yep. Now, how how is the '90s? in the decade itself influenced you as a person especially through the music of that era who are some of your favorite musicians that came out in that time
3: um let's see I stopped I didn't I don't really I didn't listen to many hip-hop bands from the 90s well I mean there was Dr. Dre you know I was a I was a west coast I, a beginning in the I mean it was all east coast in the beginning and then I slowly moved to the west coast hip-hop and Mm. I mean I like Dre I like um I like NWA um go back to the east coast I was always in the public enemy so I, I just kept following those groups but mm. my biggest group that the group that really got me into hip-hop and that kept me going was Run DMC and that was it
1: nice very nice
3: and, and I still wear the same I don't wear the same shoes but I wear the same style of shoes from back then
1: yeah. No pioneers. And when it was like an East coast versus West coast thing, could you see at the time that it would eventually in some way become dangerous and that people oh, yeah. lose their lives over yeah. it? No. Yeah, definitely. Like it was not, it was, it was obviously never just a record company shtick. It was real. No. Yeah.
3: And then now, I mean, now you see all these TV shows where it looks like it may have been the owners of these record companies causing it. So who knows, but yeah, oh. It's it's sad. It should never have got to that point.
1: Are there conspiracy theories over it? Oh yeah.
3: Yeah. Netflix had a TV show about it. I forget what it was called, but um, you know, they were they were thinking that uh I don't want to say their names because then I don't want us to get in trouble, but mm-hmm. you know, nope. one record company in the East Coast and one record company in the West Coast was setting up the hit. So
1: uh, maybe I should edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> I might, I'll see. I don't want us to yeah. get in trouble. <laughs> but yeah, no, I didn't realize at the time uh, I wasn't really paying attention, to be honest with you, until, yeah. until they said like Biggie was dead and Tupac was dead. And then I was like, oh my goodness, they're not, this this isn't a joke. I
3: mean, can you, I mean, can you imagine if Tupac was still alive right now, what it would be like?
1: Yeah, pretty incredible. Like-
3: it would be it would have been unreal with him, but like especially what's going on down in the States and everything and and uh, Black Lives Matters and mm-hmm. he would have been he would have just been I mean he would have been at the forefront, so
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Gone way too soon. And yeah, one of those people you'd wonder what if, you know. Yeah, whatever. oh yeah.
3: Great actor, great musician, you know. I think they just they stopped coming up with his music uh, like two or three years ago, so.
1: He just kept having more and more to release. It's kind of like how Prince, yeah. how Prince is probably. It depends on how uh, how much. What's the word I want to use? <laughs> how much security they want to place over Prince's uh, material? I suppose.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, the stuff that we're getting now was the stuff that they thought was crap, right? But it was. It's still. It was still good. So it'll be interesting to see what comes up with Prince. Mm-hmm. I was never a big Prince fan, but.
1: I was always a bigger fan of Michael Jackson's music than Prince, but I do. I did love Prince like later on, especially, but yeah, I was more of an MJ fan. Yeah. Um, do you collect vinyl? Do you collect cassettes um, or anything like that?
3: I do. I'm back to collecting vinyl. Now my, the, my biggest thing right now is I'm trying to get all the KTEL compilation albums. I'm like three or four away from having the whole set.
1: That's super cool. Yeah. Good old k Tell.
3: Yeah. They were I mean that when DJing in the 80s and 90s those were the best records. So I mean they had everything on. They had the hit songs.
1: Mm-hmm. It was
3: like a mixtape.
1: That's fantastic.
3: Yeah. But that's about it. I mean I live in an apartment now and believe me moving around from place to place carrying all those records back then it was a nightmare. <laughs> I remember mo- I remember movers would be pissed off you know, because I uh, they'd finish moving the house, all the stuff would be packed in the truck. And I'm like, well, there's still forty crates of records to move. And then they were like, What? <laughs> and then it would just they, they it wasn't enjoyable. And even DJing back then wasn't enjoyable carrying all those records. Mm. What a night I think of what a nightmare it was back then.
1: That's a good point. Now everything's just and a then, laptop.
3: <laughs> yeah, and then back and then you moved to CDs and then you had to remember like I I was able to, you know, you could flip to your book and then you could pick up the CD right away, knowing that what song was on the number, man, I couldn't do that. Now my mind's gone, but that (laughs) laptop is so much easier.
1: Have you ever considered doing a podcast yourself?
3: I have, I have the microphone, but I never, I never, uh, I've I've never got around to it.
1: It's fun. Yeah. It seems fun. It's given me something really creative to do during this uh, crazy time we're living in. Oh yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you should you should put one together. I'll th- yeah, I'll look into it. So, what, what,
3: just going back to the date, what do you do for what to, your day Oh, your day job right now? Yeah. Right now, yeah.
1: It was okay. uh, it was a good job to take because it's work at home. Um, yeah. But before that, I've been a karaoke host forever. I sang in a band for many, many years. And then I was a restaurant server as well. That was good money. What band? Uh, hard rock band of originals called Six String Loaded. So okay, yeah. All Is away. there YouTube stuff? Oh yeah, Six String Loaded's oh, yeah? on YouTube. So yeah, check it out. Okay, <laughs> I will. Yeah, the we never really went touring or anything. We pretty much only played in Edmonton, but we did get to go to New York City back five years ago, actually this month, we got to go to uh, do a radio show out there that was like digital radio and we got to to do a performance at the jam space that Twisted Sister has in Long Island. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So we got to meet the Mark the Animal Mendoza, the bass player from Twisted Sister. He came and Oh, that's gave, cool. He gave us all of us kids some good advice about the music business and it was a good experience.
3: What do you say? Stay away.
1: <laughs> well, not so many words. <laughs> but just you know how to how to how to do it right. You know, yeah. It was pretty cool. But and getting as long as you have really fun. Out. And the end of you know? the day, yeah, you, you gotta be having fun, or why are you doing it? Yeah.
3: I mean, we recorded our first, the album that I was part of was recorded in New York in 89. And we shot a video in Brooklyn. It, I mean, it was crazy back then when I think back now, because nice. we're three white kids wearing SWAT team jackets that say police on the front, organized rhyme on the back.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And we're in Brooklyn, New York, and specifically Brownsville, New York. Yes. So, you know, we'd shoot the video and then the, the uh, our manager, okay, take your jackets off because they they were worried that somebody would go by and take a papa's with a gun, right? So,
1: because
3: uh, here, all you see is police, wow. they look real. I mean, we had these jackets made when I first started in the organizer. We'd go into bars because we were like 18, 18 19, mm-hmm. and we'd go into the bars and it would look like they were being raided because there's 12 guys wearing organized rhyme jackets that say police on the front mm-hmm. and then eventually bar owners wouldn't let us in with the jackets no <laughs> oh yeah it was good times it was funny
1: i bet that's quite the memory yeah now now to wrap things up what kind of things like food cl- food items clothing items toys, etc., makes you nostalgic for the 90s?
3: Um, well, my, my buddy just created a company called Retros. Hmm. And uh, he's built a computer. I can actually show you. This So this is like a hard drive that he gives out.
1: Okay. <gasps>
3: I don't know if you can see it.
1: Yeah, I can see all the Genesis, Nintendo,
3: Atari. Yeah, so, we, so we go back and we have all those old arcade games and television, Yeah, like everything. So I, I, lo- I love that type of stuff. Um, clothes, I'm still wearing Adidas. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll wear Adidas till I die. Um, and, um, oh God, my cat's going to bug me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try right. to jump up. And uh, I mean, I still have my turntables from the 80s. So, I mean, I still use those. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and that's about it. But I miss it. It was a good time. It was fun.
1: I'm glad, like we're still people like us, still keeping those memories alive. Still fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Speaking I mean, when I was cats,
3: DJing at that bar, oh, your cat's there.
1: Oh yeah, she just whipped right past us here. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> I've seen her walking in the back before.
1: <laughs> little, yeah, yeah, she's little princess walking around here. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. What were you gonna say? I apologize.
3: Um, no, no, don't worry, don't worry. Um, so when I was de- like when I was DJing at that bar called Barrymore's which was an 80s 90s uh, night people would get dressed up in 80s outfits and it was it was fun to watch mm-hmm. you'd see the you'd see the odd Barney shirt show up sometimes like a green Barney shirt
1: classic oh yeah that'd be so great there's so many things I wish I'd kept that i still want to wear like oh, my yeah. like my hyper color t-shirt which probably wouldn't work anymore anyway yeah I,
3: I just I got into collecting Oakley frog skins again yeah so I have about 10 pairs of those I've been
1: collecting that's oh that's, I love that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been so good talking to you today thank you so much Brian oh, thank for your you. time
3: oh no problem yeah, right.
1: I'll have to visit Ottawa one day when all this uh, crazy stupid pandemic I'm
3: coming back up to Edmonton <laughs> I like that mall that mall's awesome <laughs>
1: Yeah, go check out the range again. I love that. It,
3: it, you can't do that anywhere else. Like that's the <laughs> you live you you live in the Wild West, basically. I mean, mm-hmm. in Ottawa, they'd have a they would have a they would go crazy here. <laughs> you can't. You know, I remember. I don't know what it's like now, but this was um, before. It was probably a couple. It was two thousand It was a year before my liver transplant. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to go to Cuba. I know. I I don't want to keep you long, but okay. I was supposed to go to Cuba. And then when I got sick, so I couldn't go to Cuba. So I had this voucher I had to use. So I'm like, well, like, where can I go? I'll go to Edmonton because they got the big mall, right? Yeah. That's like that's like three or four days right there, taken care of. I'll just go hang out in the mall, and I'll go shopping every day. Mm-hmm. And then, so I remember the shooting range because when we were on tour in 2006, I remember seeing at the end of our when we were just leaving, I was like, oh shit, there's a you can go shooting. We could have all went shooting instead of buying matching hats, and. Um, like I remember going, they're like, Yeah, just give me your driver's license, and that was it. And they gave me a gun and bullets, and I walked into the range. I don't know what it's like. It's probably not like that now. It can't be like that now. You still.
1: don't you don't need anything but that?
3: That's oh, all yeah. wow. I had
1: asked. No Did idea. you shoot a gun?
3: Did you shoot a gun before? I'm like, uh, yeah.
1: Oh wow. That's risky, then, hey? Like,
3: <laughs> yeah. When you think about it, I mean I mean everything that goes on now, it, there has to be more security there now because back then, mm. this is 10 years ago, I mean, 10 years ago, the guy came with me. He made sure I could load the gun and shoot it. Yeah. And then he took off. He goes, oh, do you want your picture taken? And I'm like, no, it's okay. And then he just left me there with a gun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, the good old then.
3: Wild West. The Wild West.
1: Come to Alberta. This
2: is the time.
0: And now, This is Fucking Stupid, with Naomi, Kendra, Charity, Mike, and Colin.
1: This is Fucking Stupid is fucking stupid. It's a stupid game we play where you have to guess the hot song of the 90s, or a super obscure song of the 90s. Our friends have no idea what I'm gonna throw at them. Why don't you come play along with us? Okay, roll the drums. More one-hit wonder. This uh George Michael well, no. the stars
2: above. I want a girl. I still believes in love.
0: As someone who's sensitive I
1: know oh, I want a girl that I can match love. I want a girl? It's called vision no, it's called Wanna Girl. I want a girl as like smart as she is fine. I'm about to kill it. Yeah, Jeremy Jordan. I was gonna guess Jeremy Jordan too. I literally had it in my head. I'm like, this sounds like Jeremy Jordan, but never mind. It was Jeremy Jordan. I just, just say things instead of not saying them. I'll just say <laughs> them. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Oh my god. At this track, I'll play the big track. What am I supposed to do? Kenny G,
2: you could play this very easily.
0: Haunting <laughs> me everywhere.
1: Late 90s. Watching the candle flick around. Go close to the chorus.
0: Is it Richard Marx? No. No, this isn't. Oh no way. Didn't
1: mean to fall in love with you. Nope. Fall in love. Nope. With you. <laughs> ghost of you and me. It's ghost of you and me. Five points. What's the name of the group? <sighs> I feel like this is ninety eight degrees. No. It's close. Same era, it's B.B. Mac. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. They were, I was gonna play uh, back here. Mm-hmm. You're back here, baby. Yeah. I'm trying to go for songs that you might have heard and forgot and then went, Oh shit, yeah. Uh, is it Salt and Pepper? None your business? Nope. Me lonely? Cold night. Is it Color Me Bad? No. It sounds like poison. No, Bellb of Devoe. It sounds that style, doesn't it? It's it's that style. It's like Color Me Bad Bellb of Devoe time. You might know them better by this song. Step by step. (laughs) Oh, look at the block. Step (laughs) by
0: step. (laughs) You might know them better by this song. Yeah, I think so.
1: No. When did that song come out, that other one? That was Dirty Dog, and that came out in 1994 on their album Face the Music. All right, here's the next one.
2: a one hit wonder uh, no she said she had three hits this person? yeah
1: it's a group this is where my girl's at it's where my girl's at five points SWV? no good guess they were called 702
0: yeah
1: I'll do a couple more and then we'll take a break. Let's go rock again.
2: Oh, uh, Spin Doctors.
1: Spin Doctors. Little Can't Be Wrong. Hey. Okay. I'm going to give Colin five and Charity five. Okay. Nice. Nice. Is, it, is this the song that literally says I got a pocket full of kryptonite in it?
2: Uh no, the one that's that one's called
0: Jimmy Olsen's Blues.
1: Yeah, right. Okay.
2: Love don't live here. New master.
1: Love don't live here. New master. (laughs)
2: Love don't
0: live here anymore. By um. That's five uh, points. Is it Sven Galley? That's ten points.
1: Thank you so much, DJ Law, for being on the show today. And you can find him on Twitter, hey? Just search DJ Law in Ottawa and follow him and see what he's up to. And uh, thanks to all my friends who always participate in our, our, our lovely Name That Tune Game show. Next week, I am talking to the drummer of another classic Canadian rock band, Harum Scarum. And that's Darren James Smith. He's going to be on the show with us. So take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Follow us on Facebook at Dope Nostalgia, Instagram, dope underscore nostalgia, or on Twitter at Nostalgia Dope.
1: This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.